You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind-the-scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome back to the second session of our very special series we're doing here on Literally where we are taking a break for the amazing Rachel to have her sweet baby and we are diving in with Shelby. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode with Shelby, make sure to go there. It is a really, really important episode. We are talking a lot about the expansion in Shelby's business and her deciding whether or not to keep or give up her license as a therapist. But it is about so much more than that. It's really about finding that safety and sureness in yourself and not in things outside of yourself, which is so key for any and all entrepreneurs in just the deepest, deepest way. So that was really the first session. And then the second one, we really ground into that safety. And we talk a lot about the deep support that is around Shelby and how to really sit in that and let it in. I think that both of those are so key as entrepreneurs. I know for myself that that self-trust piece initially of building my business was just wildly valuable. And then the next piece was really finding that trust and safety in other people like Megan and my team and my coaches that have helped me grow. So really, really cool to just get to hear this evolution. And again, so grateful to Shelby for giving that to us, because I think this is really relevant, whether you're maybe making that first leap out of a nine to five, or you're growing a team, or you're leaning into getting supported for the first time. Like it is so important that we find that safety in ourselves, but then also let other people support us. And that, I think that, you know, all too often we kind of can go one way or another, right? We're really supported by outside things like institutions or the license or whatever, and we're getting our safety from that, or we're entirely supported internally and we're not letting other people around us help us. So I think these two episodes together are just really, really important and, you know, succinct reminders of how valuable that is to the journey that is entrepreneurship. So I really hope these serve you no matter where you're at in your business. And again, really important for me to say, this is not a recommendation, (laughs) right? This is not to say, give up your institution or don't give up your license or don't any of those things. This is permission. This is transparency. This is showing all of you that we're all on a similar journey, no matter what it looks like, right? That saying what is personal is universal, right? It might be very personal for Shelby to specifically decide about her license, her situation, but it's so universal. And that idea of creating safety and grounding into support and believing in ourselves and trusting ourselves in a deep way. So really excited for you guys to listen to this. And thank you so, so, so much to Shelby for just being so vulnerable and so open here. She really, really goes deep and gets massively vulnerable and transparent. And I just am always in awe when that happens and like the gift that it is that she is giving. So thank you. Thank you, Shelby. 
please, you guys go send Shelby some love and tell her how much you appreciate this episode. That would mean the world. We will obviously link her up. And again, send Rachel some love too, because we are taking this break as she is having her baby and growing her family. All right, guys, enjoy this session. All right, my dear, what's going on? Give me an update. Mm, Wow. It's been quite a couple of weeks since we talked. Yeah. And, you know, really focusing on the theme of where can I let in support? Where am I not letting in support? And just noticing a lot in my body around uh, how I kind of can clamp down or get tense and not really uh, allow myself to have it even when it's right in front of me. So I've just been really looking forward to our session to see what parts of me are like open to the possibility of a new reality. So, so helpful when we can see how we're kind of blocking it though, right? Absolutely. I think (laughs) that's that's, the first step. Yeah, that's such a a beautiful thing because I think that so often we're like, no, it's not there. That's what our brain is telling us, right? And then when we kind of come to the awakening of like, you know, actually (laughs) it is there, but you know, when it, when it comes, sometimes I clamp down, sometimes I have trouble um, letting it in. I feel like that's such a beautiful, revelation where we don't have to tell ourselves it's not there anymore. Right. Yeah. And I just find myself a lot of the time, this has become more clear than ever, really like wanting to convince myself that it's Mm. not there, like Mm. fully devoted to this story of how can I set myself up in my life to prove to myself that it's not there. Mm. Say a little bit more uh, to me about that. Like, uh, do you feel like there's um, there's a place that it feels good for it not to be there? Is there something around that where it feels like, no, but I'm like doing this on my own or is there something that pops yeah, up? Totally. You know, like setting myself up to feel resentful and angry and pissed that whoever I thought was going to show up to be there isn't going to be there. And there's something that feels kind of good in my system, like ironically Mm -hmm. around just getting to be like, well, I'm just going to be pissed about that. And then I don't actually have to connect around it or have a conversation or be with the conflict. I'm just going to make up my mind and cancel that person out Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, or burn that bridge. And cause I was right. And I think it's like that. I was right. It feels, Mm -hmm. there's a part that it feels good to. Oh yeah. I think there's something else around um, that feels good. Just like you said, the self-reliant, I think you use a different term, but I really can be so self-reliant. And I think for years, there's been a story around like, look at what a badass I am. I can handle it. I can handle it all. Like, I don't need anybody. I've got this. And there's something in my system that that's just really familiar to you. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting to witness that, right? Where it's like, in some ways, these are almost completely counter to what you're craving, which is (laughs) to feel, to feel held and to feel seen. Right. But, but also like, there's a huge part of us that loves, like I'm right. And I can do it on my own. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels completely counter to what I'm craving and I'm just becoming very aware. Oh, this pattern is very embedded and it feels like it's very clear. Like the glasses are getting cleaned. I'm seeing it. 
something that comes up for me, and I wonder what you think here, but is where we don't really need to even let go of the idea of like self-reliance is bad or it doesn't feel good to be right. But I wonder if what it can be is both. Like it feels so good that I trust myself this much and it feels so good to trust other people or like it feels so good when I'm right and it feels so good to not always have to be. Yeah, that would be incredible. (laughs) You know, I think that's maybe more of a bridge than like, I don't have to be right or I don't have to rely on myself. Like I think those shake our self-trust a little bit too. Do you see what I mean there? I do. And when you said those out loud, I felt my whole body relax. Oh, okay. I get to have both. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my clients always joke that I should just get the word both tattooed on my forehead and save everyone time. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I feel like both is the answer to a lot of things where it's like, sometimes our brain is really good at setting up these no win situations or these really like all or nothing scenarios. And I feel like the door is almost always, well, what if it was both, right? Yeah. It's when you say it, it makes a lot of sense, but at the same time, it feels like revelational. Is that a word? <laughs> yeah. Totally. It, it's a word here for sure. But I get what you're saying where sometimes the simplest thing, it's like, you can know it, but then when you really process it, you're like, oh, that could be like a big deal. That could be a big difference. Game changer. Yeah. So can you think of a situation where like both have been true, where you're like super self-reliant and super supported? Well, I really love how you kind of reframe self-reliant because these days I think of it as kind of a criticism of myself. And I loved hearing you say, I love how much I can trust myself because that Mm. feels like such a better reframe. So if I'm looking at it through that lens... Now I'm totally spacing on the second part of your question, but you were asking where you were able to kind of be in that self-trust, self-reliance and be really supported. Yeah. Huh. I mean, even just present moment, you know, when I just saw your face, we were like on a birthday call, you know, for a friend, for Julia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw you and I was like, that looks like a human being that I would love to connect with. She seems so genuine, so kind, so much empathy. And I just jumped and I reached out for you. Mm -hmm. And, and then the support that came back was, and is really beautiful. And so I feel like I trusted myself to build that bridge and, and then trusting the support that's coming from you. Mm, such a good one. I love that because that's like, you're like literally sitting in it right now. So you can kind of feel the both of that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And does that feel like it kind of gives you the same feeling as like when you're kind of in that space of like, I'm a badass, I can trust myself, or does it feel like it has a different energy attached to it? Yeah. No, I think it gives me that feeling. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm proud of myself. I felt courageous to reach out, you know? Totally. Totally. I think that's so cool because what can happen is we're almost like craving a feeling, you know what I mean? And so when it's like, oh, this feeling is still present here, even when I don't have to be on my own or when I don't have to be not supported, like that's a really good knowledge point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, when you say that, it reminds me of how much of my life I've spent either really puffed up or really small, really collapsed. Mm-hmm. It's like, I I would either have to look up to people or put them down, you know? And when you say that, I'm like, 
wow, it's like both is available and I can just kind of be. I really like how you said that puffed or collapsed. Like that's such a, a good way to look at it, right? Because that really is the feeling behind it. it is. You know, I think I stole the puffed up from Brene Brown. But yeah. Um, yeah. That's she funny. was puffed I've, up and getting small. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. I think that what pops up for me there is sort of like wondering, is there one that you've spent a lot more time in or think you've like, you know, enjoyed a little more than the other? In different contexts, you know, I feel like I've spent so much of my life in such a deep collapse. Just, you know, I spent every day of my life for years just crying, feeling so helpless and disconnected and hopeless. And then that was kind of like alone in my isolation. And, but then when I would be around people, I would get really, really pumped mm. up trying to like seem like I was worth anything or knew something or smart enough or, you know, and also a layer of that was like defending, not, not wanting to get hurt or something, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So in this funny way, you almost were living both at the same time. It just wasn't like simultaneously. It was like really a bounce back and forth. It really was. Yeah. And the collapse at home would be because I felt so deeply lonely. And then I'd go out into the world and be puffed up and didn't feel connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, none of you are going to know I'm lonely. So we'll fix that here. <laughs> exactly. And I want to connect, but I'm too scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like, I mean, obviously like from the outside looking in, I feel like that's, that's so not how you live anymore, but does that feel like there are pieces of that that still pop up or what comes up there? Oh yeah, <laughs> there definitely are. I mean, I worked a lot of it. I don't cry every day. I don't spend the majority of my time in collapse like I used to. Um, and I think I've softened a lot in relationship. I'm sure I have. And there, yet there's still a loneliness, you know, that where I feel disconnected when I'm alone and just longing for, you know, more authentic, deep souls to connect with in my life, you know, and really, really feel connected. And then when I'm out in the world, I still get a little anxious. Like I carry a lot of social anxiety with me. And so it's not super puffed up, but you know, it's there. There's some rigidity in my body. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's interesting to me in terms of that and kind of what we were talking about in like letting the support in is that I think, you know, probably why from the outside looking in, it appears that a lot of that is healed is because you do spend a lot of time connecting and supporting others. Right. Yeah. Totally. And in those spaces, it's so cool. And I'm sure you can resonate with this, but I actually, all of those layers drop and I'm just present and I feel like I'm my most authentic Mm -hmm. self and I'm soft, I'm permeable. And I'm also like, you know, the expert that I am, or, you know, like I'm also guiding the session, holding the space and it feels very balanced. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So it's like, there is a place where it's accessible and it's fully there. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's so funny and interesting. I'm so curious about like in work, how it's there. It's a little more protected, right? (laughs) Say more about protected. Well, when I'm in my seat, you know, either teaching or coaching or, you know, doing therapy, 
I'm not being asked to be deeply vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm a little more protected in that way. Let's talk about this though, because you're, you're doing this with me knowing that we may or may not share this anywhere. So how does that feel different? The vulnerability Mm. here. Good question. I, I, I don't know. I'm so curious. I feel like I am an open book in so many ways. And it's just that I don't bring that to my client sessions. I don't bring that yeah, to, yeah. to my teaching, but it wouldn't be hard to, you know, if that was something that was appropriate. <laughs> and here, you know, I feel safe with you. And I also, a big piece of my mission in the world is uh, being real and being honest to give more people permission to do that. But I feel like in the day to day, there's a part of me that's like, you know, people choose to listen to this podcast <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> um, but in the day to day, I'm like, I can't force people to drop the waterline. I can't force people to be more connected or vulnerable. So I just kind of hold myself back a bit. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's an assumption that they just won't be able to meet you? For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if they did see me, they could hurt me in some way. Mm-hmm. Which one feels scarier? Like, I just know you won't be able to meet me or I just know that you'll probably not, you know, do it in the way I need you to. The second one feels very familiar. Just that you wouldn't be able to meet me in a way I needed you to. Mm-hmm. Does that feel like a pretty pervasive story? Absolutely. Everywhere. <laughs> yes. That totally makes sense to me. I mean, this is an obvious connection point, but it's, it's worth saying, which is like, I feel really good when I'm being vulnerable, when I'm connecting, when I'm supporting clients, when I'm sort of like in that role, but I really have a belief that no one can hold that for me. And honestly, it's funny because a lot of our first conversation was around like the therapy world and things like that. I think so many like therapists and healers that I know have a similar experience where it feels like, well, I know how to hold, but I don't really trust anyone to hold me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also such a shadow of that therapy world too. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm glad that you named it because I really want to believe that there are those of us out there who can heal this belief and really are living that reality and working as therapists and coaches and really, really sitting in our seats, knowing that for ourselves, I feel like that would be full integrity and alignment. Mm, Yes. That's a perfect word for it. And it's true, but it's very tough, right? Yeah. I mean, especially because our environments are so tailored, right? Like where they're structured, they're, you know, an hour, 50 minutes or however long, and it would be impossible to create that out in the quote unquote real world without a lot of extra work. And, you know, at the end of the day, for me, it's like, I don't want to do that anymore. (laughs) I want someone to do that for me, create that. You know what I feel like I've heard a lot of people say over time, and I wonder if this feels true for you is it's almost like, I wish someone could hold me. Like I hold space for others. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And what do you think it is about like how you show up that you like would crave so much in return and you can apply this by the way to coaching or just like how you show up in friendships or 
mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. If I'm understanding your question right, like I think the belief that I have is I ask too much or I'm too difficult or too needy or too demanding. Mm-hmm. A lot of those kinds of stories that I'm just like asking a lot of people to be able to do that. Too serious. Something that comes up for me there and, and tell me what feels true is that like asking without expectation is interesting. <laughs> this is the work right now for me. I, it's like, <laughs> you're I like, can't... damn it. Here we are. <laughs> I still can't even wrap my mind around what that means. Like when Mm. you say that and when every, when my therapist says that and every other person says that to me, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, how does that work? It's like not computing. It does like, it makes me laugh because it computes a little because I know that's the crux. (laughs) But it's like you immediately knew this was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, how do you not have expectations of someone treating you in a certain way? Like, wouldn't Mm -hmm. you just like drop them if they didn't? Can you give me like a a quick example of that? Like of what you're applying that to there? Sure. You know, like I've been doing so much work around discernment, around who has the capacity to Mm -hmm. really show up in relationship in a way that feels loving and supportive. Mm -hmm. And if people like repeatedly tend to not be able to do that, I'm like, okay, I I need to actually say goodbye, which I didn't used to do. (laughs) And for me, I'm like, well, isn't that creating an expectation? So that's where I get lost. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what, what I think is true here. And you tell me, what resonates, but I'm going to actually use the business example. Cause sometimes I think that's easier <laughs> Yes, to see it outside of, uh, something, uh, what, what I think is almost like, you know, how on a sales call, like you could ask, Hey, do you want to buy? Right. But it can be without expectation. It's not like, and I'm expecting that you must, or you will pay a price for it. Like being excommunicated from my Facebook group. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right. So like if somebody got on a sales call with you and didn't say yes, you wouldn't be like, wow, mm, interesting. So you can't consume any of my content. We'll block you from every podcast I've ever recorded and you're out. Right. That makes sense. So it's a little bit like that where it's like, I can ask for what I need. I don't necessarily have an expectation that you're going to say yes or no. And there's not necessarily a huge price you have to pay. But then separately, I have boundaries. So if that same person then went into my Facebook group and started causing harm, saying a bunch of crazy stuff, upsetting people, whatever, I absolutely would block them. Mm -hmm. So they're almost separate things. So asking without expectations, I feel like is almost like this entirely separate thing from like operating with boundaries. Okay. I'm starting to wrap my mind around it a little bit. (laughs) So let me just make something up in the relationship sphere here. But like I ask my partner like, hey, I would like really love it if we could spend quality time together tonight. And he's like, hmm you know what? I really have to work late. I can't. So 
asking without expectation means like he doesn't have a huge fucking price to pay <laughs> mm-hmm. emotionally or otherwise on the other side of that. Right. But subsequently, like if he never spent that quality time with me, that might just be a boundary that I eventually say, listen, Hey, like we're just not on the same page. Yeah. So like repeated asks that are impacting you in some way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and again, they're almost like they don't even like live in the same room. Like me being able to, to make a request and then not have someone pay a price is totally different than like, eventually, like if, if we're just not on the same page, if you're not within my boundaries, like we're going to find our way apart. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm starting to, <laughs> it's so interesting. I'm like, you know, when your mind gets a little foggy, cause it's like, Oh, this is new. I'm not sure. I'm trying it on. So I'm trying it on. Totally. I think sometimes it's almost like first we can like know something intellectually and then it still takes a little bit while to like know it with a capital K like in our body. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm really aware of a young part of me here showing mm-hmm. up. Like, what do you mean they don't live in the same room? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I want to throw a temper tantrum. If I want to throw a temper tantrum if your partner doesn't want to spend time with you after. You're like, and I'm officially pissed at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> like, how do we put these in different rooms? And I'm just really getting like how that got wired for me. Like if someone couldn't show up, like how connected to just that wretching disappointment it feels and how that gets connected to every ask I make. I mean, not with like the sales call example is perfect because I'm not attached at all. This is a great question. How do you handle disappointment when it happens in your business? Hmm. I used to just make up my mind that um, there was something wrong with me that I wasn't doing right, which I don't do anymore. Now it's like, it's a win. (laughs) That has totally been rewired for me. I'm like, this is such good information. Okay. Next. I love that. So what's the feeling in your body? Like if something disappointing happens in your business, you're almost like, Ooh, interesting excitement. Or is it like still a pretty big letdown? It's just like easy to sit in. Um, it's so funny because lately my business has just been like blowing up. So I'm like, I have no reference point for this. <laughs> like That's everything amazing. I do is like working and it's so amazing. I feel so supported. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, there, I think there's really something that shifted where I'm like, oh, this is great information. It actually makes me excited to tweak it for the next time and try again. And I don't get exhausted by it. And I don't actually spend a lot of time on it. I mean, this is exceptional news, right? <laughs> I know how to do this. You got this. You literally have the wiring. Yeah. I mean, I used to just want to quit and be and like, what I would have done in the past is just like pull this project, start a whole new one, pull that project, start a whole new one, cancel that, you know, kind of like I'm talking about in outside life outside of work. Yeah, totally. It's like, wouldn't it be easier to just start over because you're not meeting my expectation? Right. And now with work, I'm like, yeah, we'll just try it again next time. <laughs> You know, what's wild is there's so much irony in the sense that like, as soon as you're like, I can handle disappointment, how very little you actually have to. (laughs) Well, that would be an amazing story 
great for a four on the Enneagram. I would love to see that reality change. <laughs> oh, I was speaking to current reality, like in your business. Oh, yes, totally. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's fascinating. Okay. That's true right now, right? Like as soon as you started to accept that in business more, like it's just not so much a thing that you need to even worry about accepting. Like you're, when I asked that question, you're like, dang, when was the last time I felt really disappointed in my business? Yeah. And what's really interesting to me, I think you'll like this, is also in my business, it relates to support because I know that if something doesn't go the way I thought it was going to, I can literally just pick up my phone and Boxer Julia and be like, I'm going to clear this. It's going to take two, two minutes and then we're going to figure out a new plan. <laughs> and there's, there's support right there. And I just, because I know that Julia is there, mm-hmm. like we've got this, like we can handle this. We can handle anything. That's super cool. Right. And that to circle back is totally self-reliance and support. Like you rely on yourself to clear it, to ask for help, to manage it. And then you rely on your support to help you like walk through that. Right. Totally. Yeah. If I had to keep doing it alone, like I, I could, but it's just like so much easier and more fun to be like, okay, we've got this. We, and it feels so different. I'm so not used to doing that in my business world for sure. Hmm. And then like what happens? It kind of, you have less and less to clear, right? <laughs> yeah. There's just not a lot of charge. I'm just ready for the next thing. Mm-hmm. So let's take that back just because now I'm curious. <laughs> let's take that back to that piece of last time of like the license. Where does that feel like it sits as it relates to this? Hmm. Yeah. Needing to lean into my license if things don't work out. Um, it's like, there is no charge anymore. Really? Honestly, Mm, that's so interesting. Yeah. I felt like we touched on what needed to get touched on. And I really got that it was not in alignment for me to keep Mm. my license and that I have all the support I need to just keep doing what's working, which is not having my license. (laughs) That is so cool. How awesome to see that, like the exact reason that you thought you needed to keep it, let's say, is kind of the exact reason you can let go of it, right? Yeah. I thought I needed to keep it to support me. And what I realized is I'm totally supported. I am. Yeah. Yeah. And like, even if for some reason I wasn't able to have Julia's support, I'm learning in myself. Like I have the capacity to like handle it when stuff mm-hmm. happens. Well, she's helping you create the, the containers for that within, right? Like you're practicing the literal physical experience of the feelings that come with that. And, and you're starting to wire that in, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. Okay. So, so let's go back to this place then. And let's like literally talk about it from a, from a body standpoint for a second. But like when you're in that place of like, I feel a little bit charged by something. I trust myself to handle it. I trust Julia to hold me in it. It's neutral at best. Like what's that feeling in your body? Mm, It feels like there's a lot more space, like in my heart and my belly, I can feel the back of my body just kind of supported and relaxed. 
my mind is much more quiet. And there's like, there's energy, there's aliveness. Whereas in the past, I just like was chronically yawning, you know, chronically lethargic and tired thinking about business. And now there's like, I still feel uplifted and supported. That's so cool. I feel like I just took like such a deep breath as you were like explaining that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. amazing to feel that aliveness. It's just waking up in me and it's not going away when, when like I'm having a a month where there's an ebb instead of a flow. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I used to just totally collapse into exhaustion, lethargy. And now I'm like, oh, the aliveness, it's still here. (laughs) It's pretty cool. How, how do you feel like that sort of transformed, like getting into that feeling? Cause that's a big shift from like, I'm tired, I'm drained, I'm exhausted to I'm open I'm supported. I feel relaxed. I feel energized. I feel it flowing. Like, do you think that was just having the experience of it? Do you feel like you really put effort into training that in? Like, what was that shift for you? Oh my gosh. So much effort. <laughs> so I had a financial mentor for a year and a half or two years. And Mm -hmm. then working with uh, Julia, every single session I had with that financial mentor and every session I had for about six months with Julia, literally my head was like leaning on my hand and I yawned like 40 times during the thing. And it was so heavy. I could barely keep my eyes open. I didn't want to be on the whole call. And then we were in the middle of a launch sometime, maybe last fall or something. And I just remember this moment, I was standing over the river and just looking down at it. And I was mid launch and it wasn't selling and I was ready to pull the cord and start a new project. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't keep doing this. Mm. I have I have to figure out how to believe that this is possible because every time I just believe that nobody's going to show up, like support this idea, you know? And I was like, I have to figure out how to believe that this works. And more than anything to believe that I will show up for it. If it does work wholeheartedly, because lots of times people would buy things and then halfway through, I'd get exhausted and check out like retreats I'd run or online courses. And then it would be kind of half-assed the second part. And so it was really like, I believe that I will show up fully and completely for everything. And I will, and I need to figure out how to believe that people want to show up for this. And so I was like, Julia, I will do the damn mindset work. I don't believe in mindset work. I'm a somatic psychotherapist. The only (laughs) thing I haven't tried um, I will work with my mind because I've been working with my body the whole time. <laughs> and I did the journaling and, you know, like the positive affirmations, even though I didn't want to and hated them. And literally like within three days, <laughs> everything changed. I mean, the course sold out, I ended up showing up fully for that whole course. The next course sold out way bigger, you know, and it was kind of amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. Okay. 
So you said something that I wrote down, which is I have to figure out how to believe this is possible and that I'll show, show up wholeheartedly for it. Mm-hmm. That I can, like that my health will sustain me, that my energy will come up to meet me. My interest will stay. I won't get foggy, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going off on a, another tangent here, but it feels important, which is like, wouldn't it be interesting to apply that to the life stuff? Wouldn't it be interesting? I have to figure out how to believe this is possible. Yeah. So, like, it's almost like I have to believe that it's possible to let in support. And I have to make that my highest priority over the goal. Yes. Right. That would be amazing. <laughs> and then I have to believe I'll show up wholeheartedly. So a good question is in life and support, is that something you worry about? Like, am I even going to show up and receive? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, the word ambivalence <laughs> comes to me and I can feel those two different systems running in me of like, mm-hmm. yes, I want to show up. I want to connect. And the other part that's like, I'm scared, run away, shut down, like protect my energy mm-hmm. and would be so beautiful to have them both kind of working together. It seems to me, and you tell me if this feels true, is like what you ultimately decided in business is like, I can handle whatever comes. Yes. Right. So it was almost like there was this decision at some point, like, okay, I'm going to handle this. Like if the launch fails, it fails. If I don't show up, then I guess I'll figure that out. Like it, it almost was like you had to first get comfortable with like the disappointment might come and then it kind of doesn't come as much like we were saying. Right. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if here it's like, what if I could get comfortable with the disappointment that I won't always be supported in the way that I want to be? Ooh, I feel like all of that anger and resentment that I'm working with right now that's on the surface would have a lot more space to move through or not even show up. Mm. I just took like another like really deep breath there. Like it almost just felt like, ooh, that would like have space, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there would be a new opportunity. Like all that anger and resentment is from like the d- deep past, you know, totally. I feel like it wouldn't keep accumulating. <laughs> It'd be like, Oh, this feels lighter. There's more space here. And it goes back to, it creates that room for both, right? Where someone can really show up for you and they're probably going to disappoint you sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it can be both, right? There's your favorite word. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. To really have space to know that I'm safe, you know, and if people aren't always mm-hmm. like exactly how I need them to be. Yeah. How cool. Right. Because that's sort of that um, thing that you did in your business, which is like your business is going to disappoint you sometimes, but now it's just not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, it really reminds me of, you know, I, this might be a tangent or not. That's okay. The pressure that I think people feel in my life to show up perfectly. I've gotten Mm. that reflection 
throughout my whole life. You know, people are a little scared of me, I think. (laughs) And they feel a pressure to like get it right and have it be magical and perfect. And I feel kind of sad saying that. But like if somehow that pressure came off, because obviously my intention is not to pressure people. It's all my my terror that if they don't show up, somehow I'm going to be experiencing the level of lack of safety and harm and terror and all of that stuff that happened, that did happen, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that people in my life really feel like, afraid that they could cause harm because I'm like so rigid like please don't hurt me like if I let you in please don't like please don't trip that wire you know yeah oh my gosh I'm loving this because now there's space to be like you're like probably everyone will trip that wire at some point damn it (laughs) right like I'm sure Julia's tripped that wire for you at some point, she's oh, probably yeah. disappointed you in some way. All of us do. I'm I'm certain I've disappointed her in some ways, right? For sure. And what I am learning right now with friendships and with, you know, support people is that I can say something which mm-hmm. is new. I used to just mm. be totally silent. Mm. Like if she did, you would just tell her is pretty much the, the gist there. Yeah. With her, I'm like maybe a little too direct, but I think she (laughs) doesn't mind it. (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I deal with it right away, like within uh, 30 seconds instead Mm -hmm. of three weeks. And I'm just getting, oh my God. And we can still stay connected. It maybe makes us more connected. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because people are trusting me to actually speak my wants and needs which I think they always were. And then I would freak them out because I'd bottle it for so long and <laughs> explode or, you know, or just literally like never return a phone call mm-hmm. and slink away. And now I think people were just always expecting like this very self-reliant together appearing human. If she's got an issue, she's going to say something and I never would. And it would just eat me alive. And now I'm like, oh, I can use my voice (laughs) and it's not the end of the world. Like nobody's going to die. There's this book I really, really love called Letting Go by uh, David Hawkins. And there's this one concept he talks about in there and I really feel like it has changed my entire life. And it's going to sound like the simplest thing, but it's basically like go through life as though everyone can read your mind. Hmm. Not like they actually are reading it and you don't speak your needs, but more like they already are getting the vibe. You might as well say it. Oh, that's, that's better than what I thought the first one was. Yeah. Right. Like in other words, like they're like, they're already picking up that you're really pissed. So you might as well just say you're pissed. (laughs) Yeah. They can feel the energy either way. Totally. And I think that we, we do that so, so well with clients a lot right? Like you're probably never thinking something on a call that you're not also willing to vocalize, right? Totally. Yeah. But then life gets so different sometimes or with support, it gets so different sometimes. So I think that that's been a cool permission giver for me where it's like, they already know anyway. So I could probably just save us all the hassle and say, yeah. Oh, and the amount of like 
suffering that I have been under just like trying not to say the thing, but knowing that they can feel something's off and like how uncomfortable it feels in my body and my nervous system. And then I go home exhausted and never want to hang out again. (laughs) (laughs) And, and they probably knew it all along. It's just weird because it doesn't get vocalized, right? Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's interesting and I don't know if it would be helpful to speak this here, but it hits probably the biggest trauma in my life, you know? And so I'm just aware of like how vulnerable and tender it is to speak of um, because uh, literally like my dad committed suicide right Mm -hmm. after I spoke a need to him for the first time in my life. (laughs) Wow. And uh, so it literally feels like I could kill someone. It feels like life or death. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. That's a lot to hold. That's a lot that you got left with. Oh, it's like, fuck you. (laughs) Like really just like that was the last interaction, you know, less than 24 hours, you know, and first time I talked to him in 10 years. And so it was like, this is what happens when I have a boundary, a need. And when I practiced having difficult conversations with the person I love most in the world, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> I could really actually like um, cause harm with my words. I think that that is so, so, so just related, of course, but so, so, so much that you were left with. I mean, there's no other way to say it, but um, I think that it, it makes so much sense that there's so much built up around that. But I also think that, you know, and I'm sure you've had this conversation many times in many ways, but I also think that it's interesting to, to know that there's probably so much more behind that than just you having a need. Right. Oh, so much. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, is I obvious, under- but right. Yeah. It's, it doesn't feel like that. I'm sure. I really get with my brain. Like there was so much going on. There's nothing I could have said that would have stopped that. Yeah. Like I didn't know there was nothing I knew, you know, and the little girl in me is like, Oh my God, I've been told my whole life already to not speak my needs and desires and say anything that could be conflict or problematic. And that just put the nail in the coffin of like, yep, really scary to speak my truth. (laughs) Yeah. It was almost like I see you, you should have never, right? Totally. I'm like, I'm just going to really prove it to you to that's not okay. And so it's like, my work is like, wow. Okay. We took it all the way. (laughs) literally like nothing worse could happen. And now I'm like, Oh, okay. Now I can speak my truth. I think that's a really beautiful way to think about it. The absolute worst thing that could have happened happened for sure. And while it's so fucking unfair and awful that you had to deal with that, it's also really interesting to think about how you can use that in a different way because you don't even have to fear the worst anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's deeply sad, but also like really true and good medicine and, and actually a really good catalyst for 
finding ways to speak sooner <laughs> mm-hmm. instead of letting 10 years go by, you know, mm-hmm. and letting it all through and all of that. I mean, it wasn't on me that 10 years went by, but it's just a good reminder that I can find different ways and I don't have to hold things for so long. It's so painful. Mm-hmm. I think something else that comes up for me there too is sort of like, not only do I not have to hold the things, but I also have to remember that like, I'm not so much at the cause as much as it feels like from my own perspective, like you can see logically in that situation that it truly had nothing to do with you in the sense that you couldn't have stopped it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's helpful to apply on like a micro scale too, where like, you know, I can ask for a need and someone not being able to meet it that isn't necessarily a reflection of me. Yes. I'm learning that. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it's a reflection of where they're at. It's amazing how I really didn't believe that until very recently, how hardwired that got into me. I was absolutely sure it was personal. And now I'm really getting, it is not even close to personal. Hmm. Yeah, that's so so cool to just kind of find that like unwiring, right? <laughs> hmm. It's such a relief. Oh, mm-hmm. There's just so much more space. So let's kind of go back to this piece here, then, of what it feels like. So we said kind of like open, heart open, spaciousness, and then when we said like, you know, someone could not meet a need and that's okay. Like the disappointment is okay. Like, what does it feel like to kind of sit with that with, within the context of the trauma you've experienced too? Like, does it feel possible to be like, I could experience that disappointment and be okay. Or does it feel like as soon as you sit with that, that particular trauma is what immediately surfaces? I think actually saying, I don't think I'd ever realized really or said out loud before, like the worst has already happened. Mm-hmm. I do feel more space. I think before I was operating like that, something like that could happen again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something just flipped where I can feel like, yeah, that was the worst. <laughs> and I feel <could, laughs> like, like we already did that one. Yep. <laughs> I could handle, I can handle disappointment in other ways. And Mm -hmm. there's a part of me that just feels more grounded and like everything kind of moves a little slower. I usually there's like urgency around everything. It's just like, okay, I could handle it. It might hurt. It might not be pretty, but I could definitely handle it. Cause you've handled some shit. Oh yeah. That's like barely the worst of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I have handled some serious stuff. And sometimes I think when we've handled serious stuff and you tell me if this still is true, we almost wire it in where it's like, well, I can handle the big things. The little things are pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think it all just kind of gets wired together for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so nice to just take some time and actually pull them apart a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like what we're talking about is small scale here, potentially, right? We're talking about like maybe I ask a friend or a partner to support me in a certain way that they can. And it's maybe getting wired in with like, oh my gosh, it's life or death when really it's like maybe just they can't Tuesday, but they will Wednesday. 
Right. And my brain literally goes to forever, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) like all of the like big life or death. um, What do you call that? Catastrophic. You go catastrophic. Catastrophic. Mm -hmm. Really cool to, to see how that separate. And I think like also really helpful to see how it was maybe easier to wire differently in your business because there wasn't as much trauma associated with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the business specifically, but then it's like so cool. Like you're really on like the right path here where it's like, you've built all of this in all of these containers exist as it relates to your business. All of this awareness now exists in terms of like the worst has happened, like just sort of bringing all of that together now. Yeah. I like the sound of that. (laughs) Right. That's sort of like the magic here. Like, Ooh, like all of that can live together now. Like that same feeling I have in my business can live over here. Mm. Yeah. And I like how it just sounds so easy. (laughs) Like it can just kind of like, (laughs) we can map it across. That's what NLP people call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I am. This, this exercise is coming up for me and it might seem so silly and trivial, but Sometimes the the littlest things are the best, but did you ever like do very much with DBT therapy? I used to, uh, it's been a while. So there's this little exercise in DBT called a fear threat balance. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's like a worksheet, but you don't need the worksheet. (laughs) It's, um, you pretty much when you're having like an intense emotional experience, you rate the like quality or the intensity rather of that emotional experience as like the fear, let's say. So like, say someone doesn't support you in the way you want, you might be having the actual experience of that at like a nine, right? Mm-hmm. And then you rate the threat of it, like the actual threat. So like, in other words, like, okay, someone has, you know, told me they couldn't show up for me today. Like what's the real threat around that? It might be like a two. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just like are able to see those together where it's like, oh, I can see how my reaction is at a nine, but the actual per- like physical experience of it is at a two. That's really helpful to see because then what I know I need to do is the rewiring. Yeah. Yeah. What we tend to do in those moments is go, okay, fuck you. Never speak to me again or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Never return the call. Mm-hmm. Never lean in for support there again. Um, because we think the threat is also a nine. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that might be just like a cool little thing. I don't know if that feels helpful or not, but just for you to like check in as you kind of meld these together here, because that's sort of what you probably did in your business without even realizing it. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be kind of fun to play with. I think I will write it down. Just it can be so much more tangible that way. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Like you're just like having a moment and you write down like nine, two. And then when you like, the more you get evidence that most of the things that feel like a nine are a two. (laughs) Yeah. The safer your body literally feels right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm really getting from our conversation today is like my system desire for safety. Mm -hmm. Which I think is just like the most basic need of almost like I would say at least all women, I don't know if I would, I think a lot of men desire freedom a little more than safety, but regardless, I feel like for most women, like safety is like our most core desire. So 
it's sort of like we kind of spend a lot of time almost trying to rewire that. I feel like, like we're almost like, I shouldn't need that so much or I shouldn't crave that so much. And I think it's almost totally the opposite where it's like, I should figure out all the containers and opportunities and ways in which I can give myself that all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. I love what you've done a few times during the call, which is you're really normalizing. (laughs) You're like, women just want that. And you're like, therapists (laughs) just are like that. And I always tend to be like, it's just me. I'm just wrong. Or I'm just, Mm -hmm. there's something off about me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Totally. I mean, same, like my safety is like my number one thing by far. Yeah. Yeah. And just to really validate that and Mm -hmm. embrace it. Mm -hmm. And again, like totally what you've done in your business, right? Yeah. You feel self-reliant. You feel like you can rely on other people and it creates this massive amount of safety. It's also why the licensure felt good for a little bit. <laughs> right. But now it, I've replaced it with the actual support. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now I don't need it because I know how to feel safe. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. So I feel like this will be interesting. I would love to hear how that like fear threat piece goes for you and how it feels to just kind of like let yourself desire the safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to just kind of observing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and having that be almost the top priority, right? So above the any other goal, it's almost like when I do the fear threat balance, when I'm having a big emotion, my only goal is to wire safety into my body. Mm-hmm. Yes, so good. <laughs> I can. Do I that. just adore you. I think you're amazing, and I loved this so much. And thank you for being so transparent and sharing so much with us. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm feeling very held and I'm feeling a little tender, but that feels really good. Like something just kind of healed or is kind of moving through. Mm -hmm. So good. Thank you so much, Shelby. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.